Good morning. It is Adam Crowley with you. Fan morning show. Well, the early one. Hit me up on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. The phone number 412-928-9370. That's also the text line. I'll give you the number one more time at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. A big Penguins victory over the weekend. Mike Tomlin spoke at the NFL owners meetings, though nobody got video of it. We'll get into what Mike Tomlin had to say briefly at the end of the program, but I did want to start with the NCAA tournament. The final four is set. You got Florida Atlantic against San Diego State, a nine seed versus a five, and then the night game on Saturday, 849 Miami and UConn. UConn has been blasting teams in this year NCAA tournament, and of course, here's what happens when the Cinderella's advance. Some of the big talking heads don't like it. Last year, it was North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova in the Final Four. This year, San Diego State and FAU make their first ever Final Fours. Miami makes its first ever Final Four. UConn is a brand, but still a four seed this season. And guys like Seth Davis, they tweet out, well, you got to go back to not seeding the tournament. You got to find a way to reward the better teams. Now, I said last week on the morning show that the NCAA tournament's not the best way to determine a champion if you're looking to find the quote-unquote best team. I also said, don't touch it. It's perfect. I don't care about finding the best team. I think those are different conversations. Seth Davis seems to be under the idea, seems to think that It's always been about finding the best team. It ain't ever been. So changing it now to, quote-unquote, find that best team, that's a little asinine. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? He's not the only one. Other people, like Jason Whitlock, talking about this isn't the best way to find a champion. Yeah, we've known that. We've known that for a long time. You want to get the best teams to advance? Then you would do it differently. But the magic of the NCAA tournament is that Yeah, you kind of do throw out the regular season. The regular season helps you get there, and it helps your seeding, but after that, it's single elimination, baby. You have an off-shooting night, you're done. The other team is hot as hell. Guess what? You keep going. It's amazing how that works. Fix the NCAA tournament. Get out of here. I heard Richie Walsh. I did a show on Friday, 10.35. He did the nightly sports call, and Richie said, Yeah, I think the seeding was all wrong this year. They screwed it up. But Richie has long been one of these guys who's killed the net rankings, right? The net rankings, which are supposed to help seed in the NCAA tournament. Well, the net rankings did not have as much to do with it as you would think. Connecticut right now, the number one team in Ken Palm, which is used for the net rankings. San Diego State, the 14th ranked team. Florida Atlantic, the 17th ranked team. Miami, the 22nd ranked team. So you look at their seeds and you go, wow, this is a Cinderella tournament. And you look at the program histories and you go, okay, this is a Cinderella tournament. But if you go by the metrics, if you go by those numbers that everybody hates, which is what the selection committee is supposed to use, there's not that many surprise surprises. These are all top 25 teams. So you either hate the numbers or you like the numbers. 
Richie Walsh has been a hate-the-numbers guy, but he wishes that the tournament had been seeded better. Well, the only way it would have been seeded better is if all these teams that are actually much better than where they were seeded were seeded appropriately according to the computers. But I just have to laugh. Oh, one year after we had all these Blue Bloods, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova, where the tournament was perfect to a lot of those national talking heads who love the tradition, love the big-time programs being there. Now you don't have any, apart from UConn. And oh, we got to fix it. We got to change everything here. We got to turn the NCAA tournament on its head. Again, I've always been a guy. This is not the best way to find the best team. But it's also the most perfect thing in sports because, well, there's chaos. And this year, more chaos than ever before. But I love it. If you are a Pitt fan, if you are a West Virginia fan, if you are a Penn State fan, your team, you can look at these remaining squads, your team's got a chance. I said this yesterday. I was doing a Sunday show. 93-7 to Crowley. I don't think Pitt's ever going to win a national championship again in football. West Virginia is never going to win a national championship in football. It's too hard to compete talent-wise with the richest of the rich programs. You can make a playoff, and when they expand it, it'll be easier to make a playoff. But then you're going to have to rifle through four teams, three teams, that are significantly more talented than you. Like, I think Pitt would have put up a good fight had they made it into a playoff back in 2000 or whatever it was, 2022, the Kenny Pickett year, where they won the ACC. I think they'd have put up a fight in the playoff, but they also lost to, like, directional Michigan. I don't think they would have, in an expanded playoff, have won the whole doggone thing. It's too hard. But in a one-off, in a bigger sample size sport like basketball, With the transfer portal being what it is, with the NIL, with the big men hanging around because you get all these years of eligibility and there might not be a place in the NBA, you can talk yourself into Pitt, West Virginia, of course, Penn State even, having a chance at some point to win a national championship. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but FAU's there, San Diego State's there, Miami's never been anything in basketball. In the last couple of years under Laranega, they've been an Elite Eight team, and now this year a Final Four team. UConn was down on the map. Now they're back transfers, right? So I love it because it gives you, as a fan of your college, and I don't think there's any stronger fandom in sports than people rooting for their alma mater or rooting for a school that they grew up with. You can convince yourself, hey, you know what? Everyone's got a shot. We've got a shot. This is great for college basketball. Maybe you don't want to see it every year, but I'm sorry. Compared to North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Villanova, this is far more exciting to me. That's chalk, man. And I know that North Carolina was an eight seed last year. They're still freaking North Carolina. This is much more interesting to me. And I bet that the TV numbers don't show that. And that's part of the thing with the talking heads. And Seth Davis, hmm, works for CBS. He'd probably like to see the numbers be high, right? But for me, on a one-off, I love this. If you can get something like this every other year, I can dig it. You're going to have blue bloods, I still think, a lot. But this appeals to me. 
Does it appeal to you at 412-928-9370? Let's go to Greg in Pittsburgh. What's up, man? Greg? Now we'll go to Greg. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, my brother? How you doing? I got you, I got you Carl, winning it all. I was a big Roy Calhoun fan. Mm-hmm. I think between Miami and Connecticut, I got UConn winning that game. I think they'll go on the other side with the other two teams. I think the team in red will be in there, too. It's going to be a good game, and uh, I think that it's going to go down to it. Do you like the state of college basketball right now, Greg? Yeah, I do. Uh, college basketball is a lot of fun. Just like college uh, bowl games is fun at football. You know, it's very nice. Well, it kind of looks like, and thank you for the call, Greg. It kind of looks like a bowl game, right? FAU, San Diego State, and the poinsettia bowl or something. I could dig it. San Diego State, they got dudes. Florida Atlantic got dudes. I do think UConn's the best team remaining, and they've just blown through their competition here in this NCAA tournament. Let's go to our good buddy, Damian. Hey, man. Hey, what's up, Crowley? You tell me, bro. Uh, I just woke up from a 16-hour nap, but uh, I'm glad to see that Miami actually won. Uh, a lot of people were doubting them, and I hope to – are they playing UConn? They sure are. Okay, I'd like to see Florida Atlantic and Miami in the finals. That'd be amazing. Holy <laughs> cow, man. I hadn't even thought about it like that. Could you imagine that Miami, after all these years of not caring about basketball, now under Laranega has – these last couple of years they've been so close – and imagine if their program on the precipice of greatness, something that had never before happened, and they get it all ended by a nine-seed FAU that's right down the road. That would be hysterical. That's what I'm hoping for. Our guy Lee Sterling would jump off a bridge. Thank you for the call. 412-928-9370. Back to the phones. What's up? You're on the early morning show. Crowley, Crowley. Stiz, Stiz. What's up, guys? You tell me, bro. Man, listen, I couldn't get to the phone fast enough because you was like, listen, this is the most exciting that you could possibly get because of the teams that are into it. And I, I was thinking the same thing before you said that. And I said, you know what? I got to put a stop to him because that was mine. So listen, you, <laughs> my bad dog. So you've got FAU, San Diego State, Miami. Like who would have ever thought that? Like you just said, now UConn, obviously, but then you bring up the good point. You've got teams like Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, my goodness. You can't wait for next season because that gives you maybe not an, an outlook on maybe a good season, but you get them into the tournament. You got a team like Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, can get to the Final Four. Man, you got you got hope in the off season. Thank you for the call, buddy. You got if you are a college basketball fan of well, really any program, but if you're if you're mid major and above, and you feel like you got a good coach, then during the off season with the state of things right now, you're looking at all the transfer portal stuff, it's free agency again. Like the NFL's new league year started last week, yeah, or the week before, and people are all jacked up. I think it was the week before. Oh, you're going to spend this money on that guy. Oh, you need a safety. Oh, you need an inside linebacker. It's the same thing now in college athletics. And there are some negatives, no doubt, no doubt. I don't know if it's the best thing for the quote-unquote student-athletes. It is for the big-time guys. But from a fan perspective, if you're Pitt, you're thinking, okay, we got Hinson back. We got the big time recruit who's going to come in and play point. You got your twins and you got Federico Federico. Well, what can we add in the portal? Because we know those guys are pretty good and they're only going to get better. 
all right, if we add a couple of bodies, guys who have performed at a little bit lower of a level or maybe somebody who was unsatisfied at their current stop at a big program comes in, man, we can be loaded for bear. Maybe we can contend for an ACC championship. Then we'll see what happens. Whereas before, you know, there would be transfers, but it was all, okay, how many returning starters do we have? And you're projecting, you're hoping, okay, this sophomore is going to be much better as a junior, yada, yada. And it didn't mean there wasn't hope. But now it's all pie in the sky. Oh, my gosh. Delusions of grandeur. What can we do this offseason? FAU, San Diego State, Miami, UConn. Miami's got a bunch of transfers. Top three leading scorers are transfers. San Diego State's got a bunch of 25-year-old guys. Now, that's going to change a little bit because the COVID year is going to go away. But this is true parity. And there's always been some of that in the NCAA tournament because they're one-off games, single elimination. But more often than not in the past, it was you'd have your Cinderella's early, which would give the Cinderella lovers some fun. And then generally, it funnels down to more of the Blue Bloods. Not the case right now. I don't want to make too much of one tournament, but more of this going forward I think would be great. 412-928-9370 on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. How about Dan Hurley, the UConn coach? They lost a game just before the end of the regular season, and he goes, you better catch us now. You don't catch us now. Look out. And they've been kicking the hell out of people. Coming up next, Pittsburgh fans, some of them on social media, they want credit for something. There's a big look at me moment going on right now. Look how great we are. And I kind of think it's stupid. We'll get to that next. It's the early morning show, Adam Crowley, 93.7 The Fan. Penguins, big winners against the Capitals over the weekend. And it was a perfect microcosm of the Penguins' season. They were up 3 to nothing in the game. There are 15 minutes left. They blow it. 3-3. Three to three. It's looking bad. Washington was just four points behind Pittsburgh trying to creep their way back into the playoff race. And if Getty Malkin says, ah, enough of this, steals the puck. Terrible turnover by Anthony Manta. Bantries it. Winner, winner of Getty Malkin dinner. And the Penguins now three points up on Florida for that final playoff spot in the East. They got a huge week ahead of them. Tristan Jari healthy enough to be the backup goaltender for the Penguins in that game against Washington. Presumably then that would mean he's good to go. I'm not giving him another start until Casey DeSmith falters. DeSmith gave up three goals in that Washington game. I didn't think a single one was on him. I thought he played really well. His last nine games, he's got a 919 save percentage. Tristan Jari's last nine games, an 861 save percentage. You might say the Penguins' best chance to win in the postseason is with a 100% Tristan Jari that's given a little bit of ramp up to get there. Yeah, I agree. But I ain't giving him an opportunity to screw up the Penguins' chances of getting to the postseason. So, so long as Casey DeSmith is playing well like he's done for the last nine games, I'm going to roll him out there. Now, if he has to get yanked in the next game because he stinks, I reevaluate. But until he does that, I ride the hot hand. Neither here nor there. Alexander Ovechkin passed Gordy Howe a while back, but the Penguins hadn't played the Caps in a while. He got 8.02. He's now 70-some goals away from breaking Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. So he was honored on the video board at PPG Paints Arena. 
And there were a couple of muffled boos, but mostly it was a warm response from the Penguins faithful in what was called by a lot of writers the best crowd of the year for the Penguins. And while I understand respecting the legacy of an all-time great player like Alexander Ovechkin, I never forgot that he blew out Sergei Gonchar's knee with a knee-on-knee hit. You go back to 2009, it was Penn's caps, it was Bird, it was Magic, it was these are the two best guys going, they hate each other, and yeah, I guess time has changed that a little bit. I think Crosby is more universally respected as the better of the two players. Back then, it was hotly debated, and so maybe because the layman or the average fan thinks, oh, okay, Crosby's the better player, probably a top five guy of all time. We'll see where Ovechkin lands if he could beat Gretzky. Maybe because of that, Penguins fans don't hate the guy as much as they used to, and I'm not a big use the word hate dude, but when it comes to sports, it is what it is. I can hate a guy in sports. It's not real life. Not really. It's not like I'm going to go throw trash at a congressman or something like that. No. I can say I hate Alexander Ovechkin. If I saw him on the street, I'd try to take a picture with him. I'm not going to spit in his face. But I would have booed the guy. And there are this, there's a large contingent of Penguins fans on social media. Look at us. Look how great we are as hockey fans because we can respect the guy. We can respect his accomplishments. We are educated hockey fans. You think Crosby would have gotten cheered in Washington? We don't think so. Josh Yowie posted about it. Jesse Marshall, whom I love, he quote tweeted it and said, I love watching this guy play. I respect him. It's all respect, yada, yada. And I found the majority of Penguins fans felt, felt that way. Listen, you do you. You pay for the seats. But I don't think you're a better hockey fan if you want to go, Yay, Ovi, congratulations on all you've accomplished. I don't think it makes you better than me. It's sports. I remember that guy in 09. I remember that guy in 16. I remember that guy in 17 in the playoffs. He was standing between the Penguins and Glory, and he was awesome in those series. And every time he crossed the blue line with the puck, I was drizzling something down my pants a little bit. I was nervous. That's what I think of when I think of Alexander Ovechkin, these battles that they had. And I don't like the guy. I respect what he's accomplished, sure. But I don't like the guy. I respect Tom Brady, all his winning he did. Sports hate that guy. Congratulations to Tom Brady on breaking every NFL record. You think at Heinz Field people would have gone nuts for him? Now he's a cheater, so there's a difference there. But you can respect accomplishment and also hate the guy from a sports perspective, and I do. Hell, it was 2017. Alexander Ovechkin slashes viciously Sidney Crosby in the back and Matt Niskanen finishes the job and Sidney Crosby gets a concussion in that playoff series. That wasn't that long ago. Where that guy and that team, they were the biggest rivals the Penguins had. They had surpassed Philadelphia for a little bit, I thought. Because Philly stinks. Washington definitely didn't. Washington beat the Penguins in the playoffs in 18. Penguins haven't won a playoff series since. I'm supposed to cheer for that guy? Nah. And if you did, fine, but it doesn't make you more dignified. Doesn't make you a better hockey fan, I don't think. So you can all, on social media, pat each other on the back. Look at how smart we are. We can appreciate this guy. Sports are about developing these kind of rivalries and and finding a place for the hate you have in real life and channeling it in a direction. I don't like that guy. Never have, never will. Wasn't happy when he won the Stanley Cup. Oh, one of the all-time greats finally got his. 
Yeah, I was hoping his whole career would go on with him being the perennial underachiever, never winner, a thing guy. Didn't happen. I didn't like it. Why should I have liked it? F that guy. Coming up next, Mike Tomlin spoke at the NFL owners meetings. Finding the audio, impossible. It was under cover of darkness, but I know what he said. I'll react briefly to it next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet, Silverado's, Colorado's. Back in stock, great selection. Stop in and online, sunchevy.com. Rainy today, highs in the low 50s. Let's go to Ted. He's next up on the show. What's up, Ted? What's going on, guy? You tell me, brother. Hey, real quick about Veskin. I remember Penguin fans cheering for Veskin doing an NHL lottery. Could have got him. I know. We got Malcolm. You know what? The producer I was working with yesterday, and thank you for the call, Ted, brought that up. Nathan's his name. Very smart guy. He said, man, one lottery ball, one ping pong the other way. Ovechkin would have been a penguin. And here's the deal. I loved him then. But he ain't a penguin. He's the enemy. He was standing in the penguins' way four times in the playoffs. The penguins beat him three out of four times. You'd think if that was split or flipped the other way, if penguins fans would be giving that guy the time of day, think they'd be giving him cheers in an ovation of sorts? No. So penguins... Having had success against him and Washington, I think, plays into it. I think the national and international Canadian perception is that Crosby is the better all-around player. I think that helps you hate, from a sports perspective, that guy less. But me, he's a rival. So, I don't like him. He wears a different jersey. That's what sports are about. I'm cool with it. Now, I love the handshake line at the end of series, and more often than not, Crosby's been shaking his hand as the victor. You always, in that moment, it's why I love it, remember, okay, these are human beings. But on the ice, playing the game, no, 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 no. He is the enemy. Don't honor a capital and expect me to cheer. Don't honor a flyer or a raven and expect me to cheer. Don't honor, for me, a pit panther, except for Dorn. Love Dorn. And expect me to cheer. I ain't doing it. They're the enemy. For goodness sakes, how soft are we? Rah, 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 rah. Mike Tomlin spoke yesterday. NFL owners meetings. I have left myself precious little time to address it. But one thing that stood out, he said he is comfortable with the tackles that they have. Now, what's he supposed to say? Damn, we need another one. I ain't gonna say that. He said what he meant. Does he feel great about it? No. Does he feel comfortable? Yes. But Steelers tip their hand. This is the time of the year, and here's the takeaway, where what the coach says, what the GM says, what anybody says, don't worry about the lips moving. The gums move. It doesn't matter what comes out of their mouth because they will tell you what they think with their moves. When you read that Orlando Brown Jr. had been courted by the Steelers and that they were interested in paying that guy money, that tells you they're not comfortable with their tackles. Doesn't matter what Mike Tomlin says, yada, 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 yap, yap, yap. No. What matters is they considered paying lots of money to a left tackle. They know that's an issue. They know that they need one. And I would assume that that's what they have earmarked or pinpointed, clear my throat, with pick number 17 in the draft. So pay attention to what they say if you want to. 
but it's all about action right now in the offseason.